When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, gracias. Well, that is the sound of an international flavour. Hello and welcome to Down the Dog with me, Matt Ford. And me, John Richardson. While we're discussing international sport, we're international sports satirists. Is that fair? I'll take it. I don't want people to think we only satirise the Nottinghamshire Reds and the Leeds Whites. Um, yep. Did you happen to hear any of Ronan O'Gara's speech in France last week? I did. And I'm not, as you know, John, I'm not a really a rugby guy. It was no, rugby, right? It was rugby, yeah, and I know you're keen to, in any any chance you get to slag off rugby, because I think you get it gets, you think it gets an easy ride. Uh, well, well I, I have a number of issues, mainly that it's not that good to watch. Uh, well, I, I know a certain young lady who said the same about cricket and is now <laughs> never out of the Oval uh, the Oval Office. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Uh, and I made an effort, but I've made an effort with both and with cricket. It worked. And with cricket, I had that moment of inspiration. Anyway, that's just... Uh, yeah, well, exactly. With cricket, you saw one very good game. That's well, what I I'd missed say. one very good game is the thing. I only saw the right, the end of it. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't want to... Let's just stick on Ronan O'Gara. Who... <laughs> I mean, how would you describe it? He gives a bollocking in French, but with an Irish yeah. accent. What, what, what I found inspiring about it is that... Because we were in France recently. We went on holiday there. My French... I never liked French at school because you've got to really make an effort when you talk French. It's, it's like a performance, isn't it? Mm. You've got to... Yeah. You can't just mumble your way through French. And as a result, there's a tendency to sort of just not try. And I've never seen it done like this before. And I think this should be played in schools because what this says is, so long as you can be understood, and I, I believe this, as long as you're understood, it's fine. And you shouldn't beat yourself up for not knowing every little nuance or phrase. And if you don't know the specific word, it's okay to just say fuck in a really Irish accent. And that's, <laughs> that is also speaking French. Uh, Let's have a bang on it. Je voudrais uh, le, le fucking poisson. J'habite fucking Londres dans l'Angleterre. It's an incredible speech. And nobody questions it. That If you watch the video, they just... They sort of nod sagely along the fucking match this weekend. It's the NAPA fucking good enough. I just think it's it's wonderful. I think given the abuse Steve McLaren got for his slightly Dutch accent, it does sort of speak to your point that rugby gets a slightly easier ride because I think it should be on the news. I, I yeah. think it's a phenomenal speech. It's brilliant. I mean, obviously, it's impressive because like, he's learned the language and he can really express himself in it. And he, he does have a crack at the accent. And I think that is your, how you say, that's basically you're what it is very, with French. Isn't well, you're it? very oh. camp when you speak French. Um, uh, where, where? Uh, 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 do you know what your French is? Where? Your French is a man who is entirely influenced by um, Eurovision. You basically, oh. you speak French like Lola goes pop. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more allow allow than I don't watch Eurovision, so maybe Eurovision. Not Eurovision. What am I talking? Euro trash. Oh, Antoine de Garn. Hello, my and British tubes. Yeah, la 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 la. la. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you speak French. <laughs> oh, the Monsieur avec the bollocks hanging out, doing the hoovering, <laughs> done the flat. Ooh, <laughs> that's a shame because I try and channel a sophisticate. <laughs> when I uh, imagine I'm French, I'm here. Are you saying esthete? Uh, uh, push a push An esthete. Oh, an esthete, yeah. 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 Oui. Um, well, uh, vin rouge, um, that sort of thing. I'm a clever man. I'm, I'm clever, I'm cultured, I'm where to Yeah, clothes. well, that's what we know about clever men is they walk around saying things like red wine and delicatessen. Oh, I'll tell you what else I imagine I am. I, I, I imagine I'm thinner. Okay. I imagine I, I, I speak like a thin man when I when I put on a French accent. I am not a slater in the waist when I, um, I'm Francais. I have very tight clothes, but well-fitting, uh, not like English pigs. I mean, I think, you know what, If I do think it, when I'm in a French mindset, you know, I have mm. very dark thoughts about the British Oh, do you? Tell me I mean, about that. Well, grateful. Well, yeah, the, the dog is a safe space, isn't it? You, yeah. All views are welcome in the dog. Yes, and welcome to the dog. Pull up a pew. We're just sat here at the bar talking shit, which is what we're Slagging off Ronan O'Gara. Slagging off Ronan O'Gara, doing my French accent. Oh, yes, I would be like, you English pig. You British. You are, you are how you say, uh, unsophisticated. You drink the beer, you bleh, all over the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> I've become a snob when I'm French, is what I'm saying. In fact, when I'm in French mode, I don't think I like any other country. America. Tell me a country and I'll tell you what I think about it as a Frenchman. Um, Greece. Yeah, born this place. And they think that they are Italy. And they go, oh, the cradle of civilization. But what did they do with it? We give the word language and romance. What do you think of uh, football versus rugby? Oh, yeah. Both are, they lower the mind. I prefer poetry and theatre um, and opera. The only European country I have any respect for is Italy. Okay. And what is your what is your favourite opera? Um, <laughs> hang on. Beauty and the Beast. No, it is uh, probably uh, La Bohème. Oh, yes, the tragic tale of um, what happens in La Bohème. Oh, it's a very tragic tale. Oh, Alice uh, Fight Opera. Oh, and oh, just about set in Paris, you know, about the uh, uh, seamstress and her poor artist friends. I don't, yeah. well, I don't want to give a spoiler alert. It only came out in 1893, so maybe people have not seen it yet. Uh, I've seen it. I went oh, through sure. a little operatic period. Did you know that? Went through a little period of going to the opera. I'm not surprised. I imagine you did it to make yourself feel clever. Did it work? No, I did exactly the opposite. I never felt so thick in my entire life. Ah, yes, but you may have felt thick, but you went to feel clever. And you ended up yeah. thick, like the dense yeah. Englishman you are, you pig. Yeah, so now I go to watch Nottingham Forest. You bitch! You English bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the only club I care about. Um, Landlord Danny... Danny, can I just get a sense check over here? Are we allowed to do accents in the pub? When they're as good as this, yes. Excellent. I guess Western Europe is basically fine, isn't it? 
Yeah, broadly, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. We're still on safe ground there. It's ever-shrinking sphere of influence of our accents, isn't there? Soon you will only be able to do the street you grew up on in Nottingham with any yes. safety. Dog shit drive, or whatever it was called, in Snenton. All right, look. Oh, there is me doing a Nottingham accent. Uh... Oh, wow, this got very meta now. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the metaverse, Mr. Zuckerberg. So since we last spoke, uh, Nottingham Forest have lost their opening game. Um, yep, but not not by almost a sort of gracious defeat. I think some nobility in the performance. Yeah, I mean, we got played off the park, obviously, didn't we, by a superior team? But um, we could have we could have equalised. Could have, uh, you know, had Brennan Johnson scored that early go, that might have been a goal. Um, but I think a defeat was fair. But I think, given that we lost five 0 there last season, it gives me a bit more hope that we're a bit more resilient, a bit more prepared. Obviously, John, the big football news, and I don't know if you got to watch it. But was the Lionesses um, winning the day before we recorded this and, and booking their place in the World Cup final? Yeah, I've always hated the phrase "booking their place." All right, they got to the final. I mean, if you could just book it, why wouldn't every team do it? Why it's wouldn't not... Sweden? It's like it's like the implication is, oh, an early exit for Ireland. If you just logged in, um, if you're just going to bookings and then type in your ID. And your password, you can just put your place in the final. Really, sort of oh, negligent. Really. Oh, you're so passive aggressive. Even the inflection in the in the skit was dripping with snobbery. Um, so, okay, well, they're in the final. You happy or not? They've played their way into the final. It's the misogyny oh. with which you and and your other your uh, your friends in the media like to sort of imply that these these women have simply. It's almost like they've booked a holiday, that they've booked a place in the final. They've toiled, they've struggled. I mean, Lauren Hemp, that's, yeah. that was Mega. one of the best single performances I've seen from any player in a long time. Yeah, I would agree. Every time she got the ball, she was stronger than them, faster than them. She moved forward every time. It was unbelievable. And the precision. But the physical strength of that side and just like the, it's the strength of the mentality as well. So are you into women's football now? <laughs> what do you mean now? I mean now. I am into women's football. I always have been. Have you? I'm a staunch advocate of women's football when it's on terrestrial telly. Fair point. It's not often on terrestrial telly. Um, but, it, oh man, I just thought, because you know what, obviously it's not been, not as easy, but it's not been the route to the final that it was in the Euros. It's been a bit harder. Obviously, yeah, to beat but... Nigeria on penalties, come from behind against Colombia. But oh my god, I just thought yesterday they just looked absolutely phenomenal. And like, you know, we've won the Euros. We're in the World Cup final. You're like, we're probably we by definition one of, if not the best team in the world. And like, we've had to get used to this in like basically a year and a half. I think they should beat Spain. I watched Spain semi final. I didn't think they were particularly anything to fear. No. Sodom, that's what I say. We're coming for you, pal. Do you do a, a Spanish accent? Is there a little Spanish uh, man at the bar? Not as good as yours. You do a very good Spanish accent, but I can have a go at it if you like. Yeah, I'd like you to. I, I sort of drifted into there. I, uh... What is your sort of, um, yeah, you've got your delicatessen as your go-to word for becoming a Frenchman. What's the Spanish? Pasatas bravas, is it? Sangria? I... Uh, see, senor, I, I, I watch the football, but I don't, I don't like the England Wimmy. Oh, Wimmy. I think we beat the England Wimmy. <laughs> is that well, Spanish? No, I think that is. I think I think it's Speedy Gonzalez. Maybe. Yeah, andale, andale. Yeah, I like the sangria, and uh, but I do not like the lionesses. I think we yeah. beat them in the uh, 
football and have a time to You know, it feels like now, it feels like landlord Danny would, because he knows we're regulars, he's not going to chuck us out. He's just delivering some drinks to a table. She's going to be a little tap on the shoulder and just less of that, mate. Yeah, That's all it is. Down. Yeah. Come on, mate. Yeah. We serve uh, Cross Campo in here. <laughs> I don't want to lose that sponsorship deal. Um, but I, I just thought they were marvellous. And it, it, I, I, I tell you what, it was, a, it was a real break for me, John, because um, I've not watched... I've watched a bit of sport this month. Did I tell you what I've been watching on the whole? Um, no. The X-Files. Oh, interesting. Well, been... we discussed that you were unable to find the A-team. Yes, I couldn't find the A-team. So um, I was obsessed with the X-Files when it came, first came out. I mean, I just yeah. loved it. Posters on the wall? Um, I'm not sure I had the poster, but I collected the magazines and the books, and I, I just like collected the. I recorded every episode. I, I was fully obsessed. Believed in aliens. Lock, stop, the fucking lot. <laughs> um, but obviously, then I grew up and, and sort of fell away from the files. And I reckon I stopped watching after about season series five. Mm-hmm. They're all on Disney Plus, aren't they? So I've been going by episode. I've been watching about four or five episodes a day. I mean, it's just brilliant stuff. An addiction for me. Yeah, definitely. I've I've refound my my X Files addiction. I mean, it's, the and the chemistry between Duchovny and Anderson is fantastic. It's funny. It's you know, I, I love the Alien conspiracy episodes. I love the standalone just freak show episodes. Uh, it's so well made. It feels like big budget, good silly fun. Yeah. What I liked about it was that you have the sort of the, the Duchovny sort of the lead, isn't he? And Anderson sort of almost the sidekick, but they've reversed. Duchovny's the goof, and Anderson is the she's the intelligent straight lace yes. one. Duchovny's the, a bit of a tit, and he yeah. would usually be the sidekick. Just that little twist just spoke to how ahead of its time the X Files really was. Way ahead of its time, and I, I just love I love Skinner, I love Crycheck, I love the um, smoking man. Oh, cigarette smoking man, William B. Davies. I've read his autobiography. I just love the. I just love they get to say such cool lines. You know, it's just that the whole thing's great. I've still got on no VHS. Stop yeah, I've still got Toons. The episode about the guy does he become a sort of lizard thing and he crawls around in the um, air can, vents? Yeah, he can just disjoint all his bones. He can come through the walls. That's it, Eugene Toons. Eugene Toons. It was a, the first two parts of the X Files. Did was it? Yep. God, you have gone deep, haven't you? Oh, but I was always pretty deep anyway. Right. Um, I just loved, like, it had an attitude, didn't it? Those red bastards at the FBI. I'm just like, oh, my <laughs> God. I love the... I love the. Cause what I like is, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I get to, like, scratch that itch via the X-Files. Well, what do you make of... Because that, I, I wonder if you've been influenced by the news that, you know, proper um, American Air Force pilots coming out and saying UFOs are real and we've seen them. Nah. Have you been following all that? Well, well the so senior you're just, UFOs. You're just not allowed to talk about it because if you're a senior guy in the Air Force, you get left out of town. It's the Russians, mate. It, or, or UFO doesn't mean it's alien, does it? It means it's a flying object you can't identify. Hence the U for unidentified. It doesn't mean it's alien. I think the implication now is that they are aliens and that they have aliens. You had that. Uh, Area 51, Area 51, you knew then, and you did nothing. Do you believe in aliens, John? Of course I believe in aliens, yeah. Do you? What do you mean, of course? I'm, I'm praying that aliens exist. Why? What if they're bad aliens? Uh, why would they be bad aliens? Well, you there know, are bad people. Think... There are bad people. Look around exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. Good and bad is a very human um, 
centered not true understanding of you can either be good or bad oh I'm my god there's a, a species out there that operates on a higher plane than us where benevolence is taken as the only true path yeah you're projecting Why a lot onto you these be a bit more alien things well firstly right do you believe in aliens hello at down the dog.com have you ever had uh, an alien or paranormal experience hello at down the dog.com this is fascinating lucy's had a bit of meteor land on her head what more wash loose yeah oh, i'm not even joking that listen to me this is proper end of the night dog dog and bastard stuff this isn't it yeah she were in her fucking garden right a bit of rock landed on her head and it were hot she touched it it were hot and she's took it into her mate who works down the uni in the ufo department <laughs> He's tested it and said it's a bit of bloody meteorite. Right, hang on. Up until the mate bit, I was... That's a fact. Why are you saying she's lying? Why was she lying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. It's the middle bit I struggle with. I don't doubt that something hot hit her on the head and that it could be a meteorite, but how does she verify that? I can't remember that. I sort of tuned out. That's kind of crucial, man. I think her neighbour knew someone up somewhere who was able to confirm that it was a bit of meteorite. And she will. No. What? I think he kept it. The that thief. was my question as well. Um, I think, well, there was some legal issues and I would have to check in with Martin Edwards on Homes Under the Hammer because she didn't read the legal pack when she was renting. Although the meteor landed on her head, she was in her friend's garden. So who officially owns the fragment? Well, I think if it lands on you, you've got a, you've got a claim to it, haven't you? Oh, I don't know. If it landed on you while you were doing a tour of Buckingham Palace, would you be able to wrangle it from the Queen? I, I don't wouldn't. think so fucking say anything i just keep it i pocket it and shuffle out of there they'd see it they'd like, oh a meteorite like- a meteorite everyone's going to try and grab it off you it'd be like you know when saka throws his shirt into a crowd of arsenal fans at the end of the game you know people become zombies when they see that that magical substance um <laughs> but keep your trap shut no one knows you just pocket the meteorite you get out of the palace then you take it to that bloke at hull all right yeah and you yeah, say to him yeah don't you keep it. It landed on my head. Didn't land on yours. The universe is too big, isn't it, for us to be the only ones? Well, I kind of think that. I, I want to believe to to quote the poster. Um, so I'm open to it. Um, but I, you know, I can't, just can't. You know, we haven't seen them, have we? But also, it's about whether they have existed or will exist, isn't it? Because the, the yeah. universe is so vast that they may have lived and died, like the yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yes, I, I, I think so. I think there's something out there. I really do. And I, I find it um, it gives me a tingle of excitement to imagine um, extraterrestrial life. And and I do hope, John, I, I share your hope, if not your conviction, that they are um, more enlightened, perhaps more advanced than we. But who knows? Yeah. They could be. They could be. They could be simpletons. It could be a planet full of thick aliens who are really horrible. Yeah, just like blobs. How disappointing that would be. They're just going, ah, you fucking devil, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gobbing at each other. You'd be like, oh, no. No. Aliens is the last thing we needed. But that's that's science for you, and that's creation, and that's the great mystery of life. That is, you've never sounded more like Brian Cox. Thank you. It is possible. They're just a load of blobs saying, hey, you fucking (laughs) (laughs) aliens? never really tackled that. What if aliens are thick? Because some of them got to be. Set to an elbow soundtrack, just a montage of thick aliens getting trodden on by his boot. (laughs) 
Now, um, we are asking for your, you know, your your paranormal experiences. Yeah, and can I thank you for taking it up a notch? Can I thank you for a proper texting if you have an interesting view on aliens? I feel this is a, this is now a chance for the dog to become a place of enlightened conversation compared to some of the chat that you've encouraged. Well, you say that. You say that, but the reaction, mm-hmm. John, has been sensational. No, and, not to has a beaker ever fallen out of a cupboard. Yes, it, it has. Happen. And this is where you're, this is where, and I, I don't, look, I'm not saying I'm Tony Blair, but I think I have an instinct for the British people <laughs> that I just sort of, I just know what's going on out there. I can feel yeah. it. And um, Mark Slate has been in touch. He says, you is won't it about believe. a beaker that could have fallen out of a cupboard within 45 minutes. Oh, nice. He said, I literally had a beaker fall out the cupboard and hit me as I was listening. <laughs> no. Due to not paying attention as I tuned into your enthralling episode while making dinner, <laughs> which was beans on toast with a side salad. And while the no. beans gently frothed, I needed a drinking vessel. The things that happen, eh? Cheers, Mark. Do you know, so oh. many, so many problems with that email. Go on, what? Um, I don't believe, you're welcome in the pub, Mark, but I'm putting you in gobshite corner. I don't believe the beaker fell out onto him as he was listening to the podcast. Secondly, I do not believe any human being on the planet has ever served a side salad with beans on toast. Okay, it just doesn't happen. Calling the man a liar. Calling the man a liar. I am. Yeah, nobody has a side salad with beans on toast. He does. Those, what? those two meals are the the very antithesis of each other. You want beans on toast, you don't want a side salad, and vice versa. John, I agree with you. I've, I've never had a side salad with beans on toast. Yeah, nobody but, does. But some people do. Old, old bullshit Mark. Look, some I'm people... I'm going to call but, you but... the bull. I'm going to set up a little corner for Mark. He's going to have his own tankard with the bull on it. And when he comes in the dog, he's going to Danny's going to reach for the tankard, and they're going to go, why do you call him the bull? And I'm going to say, because he's full of shit. <laughs> Third thing... Can I just stop you there? Just just before we come on to that, and this is wonderful. I think Gobshite Corner is now a thing. And I think yeah. each week someone sits in Gobshite Corner. And this week it's Mark. And Mark, I'm, Mark. I'm backing you up, mate. But John's put you in Gobshite Corner. Well, do you know the third? Do you know the third? Where he's got carried away with himself. And this is where these, he's like one of these people in the 80s who pretended they'd won the lottery. And then before you know it, they're just. Yeah, well, before the lottery tish. existed. Yeah, so they were yeah, exactly, the lottery yeah. before the lottery existed. The Spanish yeah. lottery. I want Spanish lottery made up. Yeah, I'll worth four <laughs> mil. The third thing, because he's got all carried away with himself, he knew we'd read the email if he said it fell out while the podcast was on. And he's got you hook, line, and sinker. Then he's, he's slipped up slightly with the side salad. The final insult, beans do not froth. So when he says, while the beans gently frothed, although it sounds like a lovely uh, musical lyric, mm. Beans don't froth. Why my beans gently froth? Um, well, the, I rest the, the my juice does. What well, the juice does? The, the juice does. rests. It, well, doesn't no, it doesn't froth. It might bubble. It might simmer. Froths a little bit, depending on the. It doesn't uh, froth. What have you put in there? Well, you don't know what he's put exactly. You don't Bye know God. what he's put in there. You don't know. And if there is any doubt, any reasonable doubt, you cannot convict this man. No further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you just got turned over in court, bitch. <laughs> I think you've had enough. I think you've had enough. Right. Someone else has been in touch. Oh, yeah. He says, I'm a big FPL fan. Mark Knopfler? No, it's Liam Hotchin. He says, I've listened no, to... No, no such name. Doesn't exist. Ooh, you're putting everyone in gobshite Stick corner. Stick him in the corner. Pull All up right, the Liam, you're in gobshite corner. But just let's hear the man out because this is a reasonable pub. Danny doesn't want another fight in it. 
He says, um, I'm a big FPL fan, so it's a shame you dropped this section. We're going to come on to that. Don't you worry. I'm playing it and I'm loving it. He says, however, you have reeled me back in with your segment. Have you ever opened the cupboard and had a big fallout? A couple of weeks ago, I opened my kitchen cupboard and one of the kids' beakers fell out, bouncing off the chopping board and onto the worktop. It then proceeded to bounce towards me. I managed to keep the bounce alive with my left knee, proceeding to do three successful kick-ups, left foot, right foot, left foot. I noticed out the corner of my eye, the washing machine door was open. As the beaker no. spun down towards the floor, I hit a right foot volley towards the washing machine. The beaker hit the back of the drum, shattering into a thousand pieces. I celebrated with both arms in the air and ran around the living room like I'd scored the winner at Anfield. The bruise on my big toe is nearly gone, but it was well worth it. And then he signs off by saying, bye. Can I shock you? Go on. I believe that. Oh, my God, you're kidding me. Yeah, I believe that one. I do, but I didn't think you would. No. Well, because he's, he hasn't he hasn't let slip a terrible, like, oh, I was pouring my milk on my Frosties. And as the Frosties zinged, mm-hmm. he looks like a man who understands the noises that foods make. And I believe that he was in the kitchen. I believe the beaker's fallen out. I believe he's taken on the volley into the washing machine, the shattering you must be slightly on the shattering because I, it's, it's obviously a different kind of man to me. If the beaker shattered in the washing machine, all I would think is, well, I've got to clean that up now. And also, but, the, the danger is there's, there's tiny shards may then mm-hmm, puncture mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm, the lining mm-hmm. of the drum and your washing machine's going to leak and get into one out, et cetera, et cetera. It's the drum. Yeah, not as big a problem as with a dishwasher. You, you, you can't put thin wine glasses in a dishwasher. It's just not worth the risk. Which glasses? The very thin wine glasses, the posh ones, the oh. ones that you, you want to, you want to look at the thing and it breaks. Yeah, I won't even buy them anymore. Well, if they keep breaking, why would you? Yeah, absolutely. Bloody has us. Um, lots of people have been in touch on this. Just a couple more. Um, Pete, and I think this is my favourite. He says, Are "I have still opened- beaker emails." Oh yeah, we've had tons, John. I mean, this has really captured the mood of the nation. And possibly the world. On its knees. International looking for the beakers. Pete says, I have opened a cupboard and a beaker did fall out. You said to email in, I think. <laughs> Pete Woodson, I like you. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, pint for you. Uh, Neil says, just a few days ago, I opened the freezer. My fiance put a bottle of water in to freeze, and as the water expanded, as it turned to ice at the bottom of the bottle, instead oh. of being flat for it to stand, it became bulbous. So as I opened the freezer door, it slid out, landed on my right foot, and broke two toes. Had it landed on my left, I would have been fine, as the left is prosthetic. As it hit only my uh, foot, I'm now in a big plastic moon boot and look like the most accident-prone tit, walking or limping. It's short as it hit my only meat foot. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I think he's got a prosthetic foot. What he refers to as his meat foot. Oh yeah, my only meat foot. I thought that was a typo. <laughs> Can you read the email address from Neil? Okay, I'm not going to give the full thing, but it involves the phrase "Neil with one leg." <laughs> Can you kneel with one leg? Um, uh, you can stand with one leg. It, hang, hang on. Oh, what do you think? It's a wind-up, Danny. I think that's true. No, I think that's evidence, isn't it? Okay, okay, okay. Unless he's set up a whole email account just to tell one false story about a, and it's not even a beaker really it's a it's a bottle of water isn't it so yeah. really i can't allow it Had he's you only said, got one meat foot oh no he's only got one meat foot i'm sure it's a cracking foot and i hope it heals quickly and he gets back to full fitness but uh, correct me if i'm wrong and, I, and I'll, I'll i'll defer to uh, your friend pete here i opened a cup and a beaker fell out you said to email absolutely we did what we didn't say is 
has a frozen bottle ever fallen out of a freezer? Well, come on. Look, a freezer is a form of cupboard. It's just a, it's a cold cupboard. Um, uh, 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 is that uh, what you call it, is it? Oh, don't go get some magnum out of the cold cupboard. <laughs> not, not the quite cold cupboard. The really cold cupboard on top of the slightly cold cupboard. Everything's Good a cupboard around. for you, is it? We get around the shirt out of the big tall cupboard in the bedroom. You know what I mean. Uh, look, the guy's got one meat foot. He's got one meat foot, sure. All right, well, stick him in meat foot corner. I mean, Neil, you've got your own, you've got your own VIP area here. We've had lots of other beaker emails. Um, can you stomach any more? Well, that wasn't a beaker email. So when you say we've had more beaker emails, that wasn't a beaker email. Okay, let's just do a couple more. Beakers, you've got me. A couple more because we, yeah, yeah okay. go on. I'm enjoying them. I am. So it's all gonna, men who've got in touch about this. Yourself. Right, okay. It's all men um, that, that that have suffered this. Maybe women are more careful, or they just think this is trivial. <laughs> um, Daniel says, "I have obviously had many mugs, beakers, glasses jump out at me from the cupboard, but none memorable enough to recall in detail." However, just as you were chatting about it on the podcast, a tin of sweet corn launched itself at me from an open cupboard. Thankfully, nothing damaged. I just thought it rather coincidental and spooky. Yeah, I mean that's going to smart. Yeah, I think sweet corn is the only veg that's really maintained dominance in the tin food market. Obviously, you've got your baked bean, mm. but I feel like as tastes have moved on and you know people have switched more to fresh with things like I we used to have a lot of tin carrot in our house. But I feel like carrot now, you'd really be looked at askance if you were still buying tin carrot. Um, so um, Patrick has been in touch. Mm-hmm. He says, I often open a cupboard and have a beaker or child's sippy cup fall out. It is incredibly annoying, but I'm too lazy <laughs> to rearrange the cupboard. Legend. I also once had a tin of sweet corn fall out and smashed my phone Oof. screen. Keep up the cutting edge topics, Paddy. Okay. Well, do you want to open this out to sweet corn then? Because I bet there'll be some people who had sweet corn fall out and thought it's not on topic. I can't send it in. I would say if you've opened a cupboard and something's fallen out, you've got to let us know. Hello at downthedog.com. Um, because it, we, we specifically sweet corn, though. Okay. Well, let's say a tin because it, you know that's heft, isn't it? That's danger. Well, I tell you what. If you if you've had anything fall out that isn't sweet corn, put it at the top of your email. Fao Matt Ford. Because I'm not interested in that. But if it's sweet corn, put FAL John. Okay. All right. Sweet corn to John, all of the tins to me. It's a neat division yeah. of labor. Thank you, actually, in advance for doing that. Um, if there's a bit of a crossover, just feel free to put whatever you like in this. Well, just FAO John on that. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, we're reorganizing our cupboards at home, getting a bit of <laughs> basic work done on the house. <laughs> Making, what are you laughing at that for? <laughs> it's the sort of thing I would say. It's lovely when sometimes someone else is the John in a conversation because that's the sort of thing I would say and then be mocked. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I know there's the joy that lies in a day put inside. I, I constantly look at our cupboards up because we moved in. You, you never really get a chance to go back, do you? They say this with mm-hmm. a garden. Never do your garden when you move into a house. You want to live into it for a bit. You want to see where the sun goes. You want to see which door you use, where you naturally sort of walk, and then you can plan your garden. Same mm-hmm. with cupboards. You've got to live there for a bit and say, actually, where do I want the beans? Where am I stood when I need a bowl? Oh, but you good. don't. You move in. You whack everything in there. And before you know it, I'm looking at our plate drawer now. It's not right. I've got plates in the bottom drawer, and the weight is too much for the uh, for the motion. That drawer is constantly sticky, so it gets left open. But it's underneath the worktop. So Lucy will go to make a bit of toast. She's cutting the bread on the worktop. The crumbs are going all over the clean plates in the plate drawer. I need a day to just sort that kitchen out, get everything out, 
But when you've got kids and work, what you do, you get everything out, then you get sidetracked. Your partner comes in, you get bollocked because all you've done is absolutely destroy your house and then it all goes back where it used to be. Well, I mean, this is the thing is when you're making changes, things get worse before they get better because you're you're, you're moving things about. So that is difficult. You've got to stick with it though, haven't you? You, you, There comes that point when you have a breakdown, when you just think, I've trashed my house, I can't live here anymore, it's a disgrace. And you haven't got the energy. You've lost faith in yourself. You think it was fine how it was. You're just crying on the landing, drinking a beer, thinking, I'll fuck this. You've got to hold your nerve. Stick with it. Yeah. You've got to hold your nerve. You've got to see the project through for the good of the country. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we, we, we're just chucking out some um, tins. I mean, I was like, some of this will be out of date. I mean, some of it. I've got cans of lager in there that are like five years out of date. Still fine. macaroni cheese that was three years out of date. I was like, Still fine. Do you think? Absolutely. I've seen enough Walking Dead to know those <laughs> tins will be a salvation when the apocalypse happens. Once will... it's tinned, it's fine. Do you know what a lot of these... In... Vade. A lot of these dates are for the packaging, not the food. Once you've tinned the food, Jeez. you can take it into space. The date on that says that's when the greening on the macaroni cheese label will start to fade and it is no longer saleable by a vendor. I guarantee you that I will give you a 100% guarantee that macaroni cheese is absolutely... You can have a can of lager and a macaroni cheese when mm. you get back. And if you have the shits, I will laugh. <laughs> well it's gone now anyway it's been cleared out it. cleared out oh mate did you not even open the... it no i think we opened it to just scoop it into the bin but I- i'm not going to eat it oldest thing in your house lucy's father my father-in-law mm. i like the man a great deal he's he's good fun he turns far absolutely the day he'd been cleaning out a garage he found a piece of fish that was 20 years old in like a vac pack. It was a piece of smoked salmon that had come in. You know, like space food comes in. like Yeah, vacuum form. Sealed tab. And he brought yeah. it to our house because he knew that would enthrall a six-year-old. Yeah. You can, you can bring a Nintendo Wii around. Of course you can. Nothing will stimulate a six-year-old more than being told, do you want to open a piece of fish from 20 years ago? It's three <laughs> times as old as you are. <laughs> and did you open it? Um, no, I had to hide it because even even I had to say, I don't think this is safe. And it was raining, so we couldn't do it outside. But just opening the box, that was a thing. And then getting at the time we opened it, he didn't know it was in the backpack. So we opened the box thinking, there could just be a big piece of fish in here. Shall I open it on the podcast next week? Have you still got it? I hid it. And I've done that stupid <sighs> thing of, I haven't told anyone where I've hidden it. So there's a good chance someone else may have already found it and opened it, not knowing what it is. But if not, I'll open it next week on the podcast. Yeah. And and we've got to film it. We've got to film you opening it. And you can do it outside. Do you can do it wherever is good for you. Whatever works for you, John. Um, and you know what I believe about packaging? I'll eat that fish. Well, <laughs> but fine. also, interesting moral dilemma. That fish was mm-hmm. packaged, was slaughtered and killed, sliced, gutted yeah. and packaged before you went veggie. That's true, yeah. So actually, there's now no, you know, you're not affecting the market at all. You're not creating any incentive. There's no other wider impact of you eating that other than the health well, implications. You say that, but what if it's really nice and I create a market for vintage 20-year-old vac-packed fish? I, I would suggest that marketplace may not have many products. No. So I think it's fine. All right, then. Should we do Get in FBL? touch. Ben, let us know. Hello at downthedog.com. What's the oldest bit of food you've got in your house or have had? 
Um, and have you ever opened something well past its sell by date and had it? And what happened? I think we're going to create what we've got here is two strands that will merge, they'll form a double helix, and you'll start getting emails by people who open the cupboard to reach to the back and see what the oldest bit of food they had and were knocked unconscious by a can of sweet corn from 1994. Can you imagine? I hope. Um, so we'll do some FPL, and then uh, good news for you, we've got Pub Dog of the Week. So we've Excellent. had quite a lot of people nominate their dogs as this week's Pub Dog. They're going to have to do well to topple the Japanese man we had last week. It's got to be a really good dog to be a man who pretends to be a dog. Well, uh, yes, I think um, I sort of take the opposite view, John. I think anything that's actually a dog has a head start on something that isn't. But anyway, uh, on FPL, how many points mm. did you get last week? Well, I got... To, oh, hang on, let me have a look. Um, FC or whatever it was. And Mothball Prophecy got 60 Mothball. points last week, which I was pleased with. Mm. What did you get? 82. Okay, that's good. Let me be clear that I did not pick... Um, I didn't pick players that I thought would do well. So I've picked a team of uh, comedians. Okay. Um, so in goal, I have Jay Leno and Frankie Carson. Okay. Leno Carson. Yeah. Uh, my back five, um, pardon me for being uh, slightly arrogant, but I've picked me. Um, oh, there's lovely. no player called Richardson, so I've got Ben Me. Yeah. So I've got me, Roy Walker... Yeah. Sarah Millicancello. Lovely. Um, David Mitchell. Excellent. And uh, Andy Osho. Lovely. In midfield, Jim Bowen, <laughs> Bill Bailey, Steve Martinelli, <laughs> um, Lee Mac Allister. Lovely. And um, Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. And that, that got 60 points. Yeah. Up front, I've got Victoria Wood. Chris Morris and Les Dennis. That's so cool. Oh my God, you've done so well. I, I tell you what, they did well last week. Jay Leno in goal, 12 points. David Mitchell in defence got me eight. Steve Martinelli, our captain, uh, he got me 10 points along with Eddie Murphy. And Jim Bowen, a solid performance from Jim, nine points. Um, God. Beyond incredible. that, a, a bit of a mess, really. I've got, uh, I'm injured and Andy Osho's injured. So, um, not sure when they'll be coming back but you know i'm not going to change that team but i've enjoyed it and i look forward to seeing how they do well let's tell people how you've done in the fpl um, comedians league you are um 19th of 20 mm-hmm. i'm ninth uh top of the league is ian sterling with Cloppelganger fc um uh, in the fan league i'm 3271st i mean you must be like 10,000th or something pathetic yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not it's not a team that's going to do well but it's no. a team that's going to bring me joy much like Leeds united Except they yes. won't bring me joy. And how are you feeling about Leeds, John? Well, it's really tricky, isn't it? I think, in fact, and I know nothing about football, and there's a tendency to when you get something right, say, oh, I told you, I know nothing about football. I'm an idiot. That's why I like football, because it constantly mm-hmm. proves me wrong. However, I think I did say at the start of this season, it's going to take us two seasons to sort out the mess we're in. So I'm not expecting promotion this season. I would just want to win more than we won last season yeah. we win 10 games this year we finished mid-table we've got a better team at the end of the season than we had at the start I'll be fine with that I'm not expecting promotion however saying that and watching it capitulate so early I yeah. mean losing to Burn- Tom Brady god damn I know 28-46 Tom Brady's Birmingham um, drawing it home to Cardiff obviously again against the baggies tomorrow night 
Um, I didn't think it would be as bad. And all these want-away players to, to coin the Want-away, the want-away striker. <laughs> That's what they're calling him and all the players. Leeds United's want-away star. I hate that word. These players who think they're too good for the championship, but by definition have just yeah. proven themselves to be not good enough for the Premier League. Where do they think they're going to go? If they were Premier League quality, we wouldn't be in the fucking championship. So, well, you, know, you know, I'm Premier League quality, but the overall side isn't. Yeah, that's what they're saying. But when it's all of them, you're like, well, if all 11 of you are too good for the championship, then isn't that the very problem that we're in? That you obviously are championship quality because you've all played last season. They've all gone out on loan. Anyway, get rid of them. You know, there's no point having them there. Uh, but don't sell them to the Premier League. That would be my thing. Sell them to Iceland. They can go to the Icelandic League. They can go anywhere they like. What about Neymar going to Saudi Arabia? I mean, what is what is that all about? I'm not surprised. I've never liked him. It doesn't surprise me. Um, obviously, landlord Danny's a, a, a Spurs fan. Um, let's just see if he's back up from the cellar. Uh, Danny, how do you feel about Kane going to Bayern Munich? Thoroughly depressed. Go on. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Yeah, I didn't. I feel like the heart has been taken from our club. Oh, Danny, oh. you sound really sad about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more upset than I thought. Oh, man. You sound it. Oh, no, that's backfired, isn't it? Can I say something I said to a Spurs supporting friend of mine this week? That to use your heart no, analogy, <laughs> to use the heart analogy, I think you've been overworking the heart. And that what that can mean is that obviously, um, to coin it, well, you have a heart attack. And I think actually removing the heart and putting in a pacemaker will allow the body as a whole. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you might get more out of other players now, now that, now that, now that you, you haven't got that dependency on one of the, one of the foremost talents in the world. Now that you've lost, now that you've lost literally one of the best English strikers there's ever been, you might be a better team. Sadly, our pacemaker is Richarlison. <laughs> I nearly put him in my comedians league, but it's not quite my name. Oh, Danny. Um, I'll tell you what, Danny. Have one for yourself, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> mind, that, mind that kind of sweet corn when you're reaching for the Baileys. <laughs> Good doink. <laughs> There's not enough slapstick in the dog. Talking of um, pacemakers, uh, I'm at the Edinburgh Festival, as you know, doing my uh, stand-up show inside number 10. Um, and um, obviously, friends come and see you. And, and a, a, an old colleague of mine came to see me the other night. And uh, they were talking about like gigs they'd been to. They'd, they'd been to see a band in um, a pub in London, but she said <laughs> it was too loud because the ceiling was low. It made my pacemaker rattle, so they had to leave. Oh. Like it made the pacemaker was like moving in a body. You're like, Fuck it Wow! Imagine that. I, I freak out when my uh, Apple Watch tells me I'm in too loud an environment. I can't imagine hearing your inner workings rattling against your rib cage. Scare me. Um, now, Did she was she was she happier in the environment of your gig where well, practically silent? You, yeah. I imagine that pacemaker was absolutely had the best night's sleep of its life. You are you are dead inside, <laughs> and you're starting to look dead on the outside. You filth. <laughs> um, so then, is that why she came? No, I, she um, came for a I'm laugh, actually, and she had a great laugh. I've actually uh, come here on my doctor's advice. He said I can't keep putting my pacemaker through what it's going through. You're actually now on the NHS. But I need to lower my heart rate. <laughs> Basically, meditation. Yeah, we well, need to go somewhere where you're going to feel nothing. <laughs> A dark environment with absolutely no stimulus whatsoever. 
Oh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, so we've got to get our first ever pub dog. John, who yes. are the nominees? Uh, the nominees this week for pub dog are Coda. Um, he's a year and a half old Siberian husky. I feel a bit like uh, Al- uh, not Alan. Um, who was it on Blind Date? Blind Date. Ah, uh, Graham. Here's our Graham. This Graham. is Coda. He's a year and a half Siberian husky. Love him to bits, but he could be a right little twat. He's very soft and playful, malts like fuck twice a year. We're talking clumps of thick white hair that's never ending, almost like cotton balls. I think you, I mean, you're slightly allergic now to pets. I know, but this is, you have to take my allergies out of this. This is about the objective qualities of each uh, dog. He's attached some photos and it's a gorgeous looking pub dog. It's got, looks like a good character. Dog, but do you want clumps of thick white hair? Well, who's our other? He's up against Edith. Uh, This comes in from Rich in Sheffield. Hi, Matt. And John started listening to the podcast yesterday and so far binged eight episodes. Here's my nomination for Dog of the Week. Edith is an eight-year-old miniature schnauzer. She likes bananas, carrots, the ends of yogurt pots, and chasing birds. We call her Pig as her tail is very curly. Keep up the gatework. There's a possibility that if we allow Edith in, I will confuse you and her. Sounds like you've got very much in common, like bananas, carrots, chasing birds, and you've got a curly tail. (laughs) Now, these are two very different dogs because Edith slash Pig is a cute little thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like those sort of cute little things. And then the husky is a a strapping thing. So I've saved for last. We'll we'll have a a three-way fight. Um, I've saved oh yeah, last. like it's like they used to. They used to have like dog fights in pub car parks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll call it our friendly dog fight. Yeah. Um, Dougal uh, has been nominated by Kenny. Kenny says, "I'd like to nominate my dog Dougal to be the pub dog in your fine establishment." He was found in a box on the side of the road in Zanti. He was rescued and sent to the UK. He has plenty of tales to tell, albeit slightly sad ones. He now lives a very happy life in Horsham, pottering around pubs and barking at dickheads on scooters. At five years old, his party years are behind him, and he loves to be in the company of miserable yet hilarious bastards like yourselves. Be lucky, Kenny. He's attached a photo, if that wasn't charming enough, um, of um, Dougal in a lovely field of bluebells. Yes. I mean, what, what, what breed would you say he was, John? Well, there's a bit of everything going on, as uh, anyone who's been Collie? to Zancy will uh, understand. There looks to be some Colin. He almost... There's almost a bit of like St. Bernard in there. Yeah. There's, it looks to be some Spaniel in there. Dougal looks lovely. I think I'm going to pick Dougal, you know. You're going to go with Dougal? Who for this picks? Who dog? picks? We both pick. I think you can pick this week. I'll pick you next week. We'll take it in turns and then Danny can pick. Yes, lovely. I, I, I mean, I love them all. And, I, you know, the Husky looks fantastic. Lots of character. Edith and, and Pig looks like a very friendly, chirpy dog that would be a lot of fun. But I think Dougal's um, senior years... And yeah. the fact that Dougal's had a bit of a life and, and also just looks very gentle. He looks like a pub dog. I, you I'm want a pub Dougal. dog who is out in Zancy and is retired to the dog bastard, don't you? That's that's what you're looking for. It feels like it, it, Dougal would really, really love it. I think they would all love it here and we would love them all. Um, but Dougal has just ever so slightly edged it. I, I, um, I think maybe I've been slightly X-factored by the... Um, yes, the backstory. The backstory. But um, I just love the photo of him. He's got that big smile on his face and a field of bluebells. Can we tweet a picture of him? 
Yeah, we'll put the picture on the Twitter. Uh, do we have to check with Kenny? Do you get into legally hot waters by tweeting pictures of other people's dogs without their permission? Danny? I'll ask him. Yeah, let's ask him. Uh, and, and each week, I'd say, well, if you're submitting, let's just take that now as um, consent yeah. to use the, your <laughs> dog's photo on our Twitter feed. It's a funny time we're living in, it? I know. He's just like, oh, God, what if someone gets an audio picture of their dog? Um, you up collared my dog. <laughs> so, um, oh, so we've now got a pub dog. We've got Gobshite Corner, the, the dog ambassador. Yeah. Is really thriving as this new um, boozer that we're mm-hmm. all at. Oh, what a lovely way to end. We, we, uh, we've had a few suggestions for sign-offs. Oh, yes. I mean, I think I had a couple, we've had a few tweets of people saying, what was yours from last week? Don't get out of the cat, get down the dog. I mean, that... I, I, I think it's. I think it's really good, John. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to stick with it. Darren suggests if you're feeling rough, get down the dog. Time at the bar now. Fuck off home. Push your stools in. Ooh, uh, it's time to go. <laughs> I think I'll he's like written that like a tune, in. but he's yeah. not giving us the tune. Maybe it's the. Well, you suggested the Cheers anthem, so maybe does it fit to the Cheers? I've never really watched Cheers. <sighs> um. If, if you're feeling, feeling rough, rough, get down the dog. Okay. Well, if you haven't watched it, why are you trying to sing it? <laughs> Let me have a go. I can sing so better long, anyway. I thought you'd passed on. I thought you'd started your show. Do you know what, you cow? I reckon it's more um, sort of Chaz and Dave. I reckon it. If you're feeling rough, get down a dog. Time at the bar. <laughs> now fuck off home. Push your stools in. Oof. Ooh, it's time to go home. Yeah, he's double rhymed home with home. Yeah, wow. I, I, I'd, I'd be willing to give Darren another stab to specify the tune and to sort out that double use of the word home. And what he's given us is a right old cockney knees up. A right old cockney knees up. Get round his Joanna. I don't think the dog's a cockney bum, though. But you can still have a cockney knees up. You can still have a cockney knees up, of course you can, but not every week. Cockney knees up night, every Wednesday. It's like those East End pubs where there's been a murder and that's their sort of USP. What the murderer? Some pubs, it's like, oh yeah, we've got a dog and a roaring fire, and so I was like, oh yes, yeah, someone was killed here. Yeah? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, cheers. Bullet holes at a, a pub in Belsize Park. Is there? Yeah, yeah. I'll take you there. <laughs> if you want. Is that a threat? No, I mean it was an offer. It was a, it was a kind offer. It was. You um... know this uh, bullet holes down that pub. Yeah, I'll take you there. Oh, Surely, says David, your sign off has to be that's time, ladies and gentlemen. Please, that's time. Perhaps not pithy or amusing, though in keeping with the general podcast pub theme. Oh, hello. Hello. I think it's yours. And I think um, just before I... I think it should be the last thing we say. So I'll just say, um, don't forget to get in touch. Uh, any of the issues raised in this show, hello at downthedog.com. Leave a five-star written review. Share it far and wide. And I guess that's it, John. Don't get up the cat. Get down the dog. Yes. Bye. Bye.